This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern. You can find us here on YouTube, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. War of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. I want to encourage you right now to subscribe right here on YouTube to this channel. Smash the like button and share a link to our live chat room to everyone you know right there on Facebook. Get them to come on out and tune in and join in the fight against the host of hell. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. Peter and I are coming to you from the future. It's already July 1st here. It's July, yes. June 30th. <laughs> yeah. still last month if you tuned in in most parts of the world. And um, we are doing a live broadcast. That's what the shows we do here. We don't do reruns. We do live shows. And welcome aboard. We're taking you to the Gold Coast of Australia. And um, did they ever find any gold up there on that coast? No. Only the golden sands. The beaches are beautiful. <laughs> I hear that they are. Pretty yeah, cool. man. It's um, it's really a blessed place. Beautiful scenery. Yeah. Well, we're blessed to have you here tonight, my friend. Do you want to open us up in prayer? Yeah. All right. Dear Father God, we love you and praise you. And um, we thank you for everyone who's listening and who will listen. We praise you, Father God, for them. I ask that those that are listening that, that haven't been entered the kingdom of heaven be called into the kingdom of heaven. Please, Father God, save their souls. We ask, dear Father God, that the eyes of our understanding be open and that we be shown the way to overcome in life, that we be given our inheritance today, which has been promised to us because of the cross of Jesus. And we say we receive that today, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, I say amen to that. Brother Peter, the mic is yours. All right. Um, I got a couple of stories from this week, but, um, uh, uh, well, I can start with them. We had a um, couple of guys, both in one day. One guy came in here, crime born, his eyes out, um, 
he slept out the back last night and the family had got his car keys and he had no stuff and he was wet and so he was beside himself. So what do we do? You know, we 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 walk in the grace and love of the Lord Jesus. So we give him a cup of coffee and a donut and said, Yeah, sit in the chair and have a rest for a little while and then he wanted a frozen coke, kept talking about frozen coke, frozen coke <laughs> from McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, here's the money, you gotta get a frozen coke, you know. And and he settled down, but then he, he wanted to use the phone and his mum was on the phone. And oh my goodness. He started cursing his mum and jumping up and down, getting angry. You know, why aren't you helping me and all of this? And um, he got off the phone from his mum and, and uh, I, I had to talk to him. And I give him the scripture. You know, if you deliver an angry man, you're going to deliver him over and over again. So I'm trying to tell him, you know, man, your anger is what's causing all these problems. It's, it's causing you to be... Uh, separated from your family and friends and said he couldn't see his little daughter and you know those of us that have had children and had separations know all about that when you can't see your kids and I I understood his pain you know and then um, then I said don't be angry let's ask God to help you so he bowed his head man and he he confessed to be born again he, he confessed um, uh, for help, to help him with his anger. And um, next thing you know, the family services are here and then they've called the police and I've got three ambulance officers and two policemen in the shop here. Oh, wow. my goodness. <laughs> so uh, there was another guy here that's a volunteer and he was watching all of this and... Um, the young guy then started to confess, I'm not going to get angry. I'm not angry. I don't want to kill myself. I, I just want to get get my car and my stuff. And they, they could not lay a hand on him. <laughs> for, for a couple of hours they're here, trying to talk him into saying the wrong thing. And, and that young guy never said the wrong thing. And I believe it was God's grace on his life then that he didn't. Because he could have got thrown in the loony bin and injected full of all sorts of chemicals, but but he didn't. And uh, at the end of the day, he went off smiling um, with the ambulance people. Maybe they did take him into hospital, but they couldn't really force him. And um, so we had one there entering the kingdom of heaven. And and this is where um, knowing knowing um, the scriptures. <coughs> Uh, practicing the grace of God and um, learning learning how to handle through through God's spirit these situations we can bring life into a death situation you know are we are we prepared for this so anyway um, the, the the other guy wasn't a Christian and, and he when this guy left sort of thing he, he said to me oh man you just handled that so well and um, I said, oh, well, you know, this is what I do. And um, then he said, because <laughs> I was talking to him about demons, and and he said to me, you think I got a demon? <laughs> and uh, 
he's also uh, homeless, but he's getting his life back together, sleeping in his car, and he, he comes around here and hangs out, and we let him, you know, make coffee, hang out, and he helps us. It's just be nice. And um, he, <laughs> he said, could you, you think I've got a demon? And I said, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And um, he said, could you see? I said, all right, sit down. <laughs> sit down. <laughs> sit out here. So uh, I got him to pray, and he wasn't a Christian, and I got him to pray, dear God, I call on the name of Jesus. <laughs> and uh, can the darkness come in the light? And as soon as I opened my mouth, he started shaking. <laughs> he started shaking in the chair, man. And uh, I, I'm telling the demons, you demons, you got to drink your judgment. And he puts his head right back and opens his mouth like he's drinking. Glug, 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 like this. And then um, out of him comes this growl, like a dog growling. And um, he, I talked to him and he, he, he said, I can't believe this is happening to me. What is this? And and what he'd been doing is he'd been praying, playing with a necklace, a chain necklace that swings on its own. So he's virtually inviting divination uh, to come in his life. So I got him to take the chain off and he threw it in the corner. <laughs> and um, I said, well, it's not the chain, it's what you're doing with the chain. So we got the chain. I, 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 I asked it to be dedicated to the Lord Jesus and blessed it because it wasn't a cultic, just a chain. And he put it on his head and he said it felt freezing. It was like cold all around his neck. <laughs> so anyhow, we kept praying and spirits uh, spirits were sort of there. And um, then he, I said to him, man, you've got to be born again as a Christian and you can have the tools now to fight. And he he said, what's that? And I said, well, you get all the arbor. So we got we prayed for him to be saved, to be born again. His name to be put in the Lamb's Book of Life. For him to receive the truth, he, he said, I got him to call on Jesus for the truth. I got him to call to have his name in the Book of Life. And he said, I feel extremely light now. And he said, um... He said, I can't believe this. He, he, he said, there's something with you. This this is amazing. And, I, and I'm saying to him, this is the job of a normal Christian. This is the job of a believer. In my name, they will cast out the demons. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. So this is um, a typical testimony of um, sharing the gospel with power. I believe that God has made a way that gets the attention of people. Jesus stood up in the temple and the guy manifested. And the fame of Jesus went everywhere. So God used that. He used that. So now this guy's gone away skipping and jumping. We, we took uh, all the curses on his life and asked that they be crucified, laid them on the cross. So his life may change now. We'll see.
we'll see. So those are the two testimonies from this week. And um, they just come across our path, these things. Uh, the question is, for those out there, new Christians and, and other believers, are, are we prepared? Are we prepared to minister life to people through the kingdom of heaven? That is the real gospel. The gospel where there's some power for change, where there's something happening. So um, this is why the show, Omega Man, is to learn, is for all, all of everyone, all of us, is to learn and to experience that, uh, that, pow that power. So um, I was reading in Ecclesiastes an interesting thing, and um, Ecclesiastes 5 18, 17, 18, and 19 really, really addresses money. And um, it's, it's very encouraging uh, when you read it in the uh, Berean, Berean Study Bible. The passage reads like this Moreover, all his days he eats in darkness with much sorrow, sickness, and anger. But here's what I have seen to be good and fitting. This is uh, King Solomon. Here's what I've seen to be good and fitting, to eat and drink and find satisfaction in all the labour one does under the sun during the few days of life that God has given him, for this is his lot. That, that's what he's saying is our portion. It's, our portion is to be, find satisfaction in what we're doing. If we're not satisfied in what we're doing, there's the prayer. Dear God, help me find satisfaction in what I'm doing. Now me, I've done a lot of things in my life and um, sometimes I was not satisfied and I tried to do other things and when I did that, usually it cost me. So without the prayer to go out and look for this, we won't find it very easily. But here's the prayer. Dear God, help me to find satisfaction in all my labor under the sun. Now, here's the very good verse. Verse 19 goes on to say, Furthermore, God has given riches and wealth to every man. What? God has given riches and wealth to every man, and he has enabled him to enjoy them to accept his lot and to rejoice in his labor. This is a gift from God. How about that? Now we now we talk about money and you know whether we're gonna you know we be, be this money talk about you know different things about money, where to put it, put it in gold, put it in silver, put it here, put it there. I prayed about this one day and God showed me that the, the world technically has no money. The world technically has no property except Israel. The meek have inherited the earth. Yes, the family 
that receives the inheritance of the Lord Jesus Christ has the money and has the property. And that's why we find the Western money, all the money, is a debt. It's a promise to pay. It's fiat currency. That It's not money. And the land, if anyone looks at their title when they buy a property, it says tenant in common or joint tenant. Does not say owner when you sign to buy a block of land. The devil, the world system, has to work outside of the fact that Jesus bankrupted the creation. And that bankruptcy is given as an inheritance to the saints. So the devil's working with nothing. So I have a saying, actually you can't make money. That's an amazing saying. People look at me like, you're, you're crazy. No. When, when, one, when one thinks about what money is, you, you could think about it like a cup. And that cup has to hold something. So money on its own is, you can't make it. It merely holds value. It's like a place, a place where you store value. Like, you don't need money to do a transaction. You can swap my shirt for your shirt. Necessarily, you don't need money, but money becomes handy when there's a missing part. The other guy has a shirt and you don't have one. So you need something to hold value to be able to do a transaction. You can swap a chicken for a shirt. You don't need money, but it's convenient to use money because it can be swapped for anything. Now, the value is the real important thing, um, everyone. Value, when you have it, can be converted to cash. Cash merely holds the value. So it doesn't matter where you put it. It's merely value. That's the real root essence of wealth. What is wealth? Wealth is something that's valuable. It's value. Now, when we look at value, value is a perception. Like we can go to China and we can look at buying Nike runners bring them back home, sell them. I go there, maybe you come with me and and you buy, you know, 100 pairs. And I say, oh, look, here's some without the logo on. They're only $10 a pair. I'll buy them. You say, you're crazy. You won't sell them. But I said, they're the same. They work the same. They fit the same. They do the same function. We get them home and I can't sell mine. (laughs) Can't give them away. But my friend sells all of his. There's a logo on there. The runners are the same, but the value changed with a perception. The logo gives a unseen value, a perception. So value is not proportional to the stuff. Even though you can park your money in stuff, it'll hold value the same as money does. Where are the books on what to do with value? So I thought about this, and there's a lot of things you can do with value. 
But when we take it back to the gospel, what what is the value of Jesus' blood? Never thought about that? What's the value of Jesus' blood? What do you mean value of Jesus' blood? He got his life back. He died, but he got his life back. Hmm, why? Why did he get his life back? Who is he? He's the son of God. He's the second Adam. He's a new species of human being. Without sin, therefore without the curse of death, was killed. Therefore, that's not righteous. He was the promise given to Abraham by God himself, who promised to himself that this guy would be born and there would be a father of many nations. Where's the many nations? Did Jesus have children? No. Therefore, how can there be many nations? The promise given to Abraham got crucified, I believe. And this promise, because it was given by God, can never die. And this is why Jesus was raised from the dead, because it wasn't possible to kill him. Because he was the promise. Now, what's happened to all these children, the many nations that's supposed to come? They come because we can be born again. And the reason we can be born again is because of this promise, because of the value of the blood of Jesus Christ, the bloodline, we can be bought again. We can be bought, not our own, bought with a price. This is needed to be known and fully understand by the body of Christ. That it's not just we can be born again. It's why we can be born again, understanding how it works through righteousness, that Jesus must have his family back and that the whole world got bankrupted through the cross because of the law of sowing and reaping, the law that God sowed his son and reaped the bankruptcy of the world. In other words, Purchase back the word, the world. So this is how the meek can inherit the earth. We have an inheritance. It's called the inheritance of the saints. At the moment, it's just out daily because it, because the thief is still here. Satan said to Jesus, "I have the world. I can give you all the cities of the world." Now, God never gave them to him. Who gave the cities of the world to Satan? Hmm? Deceived men did. Through agreements with Satan. But God purchased it back. Because Satan entered Judas and is now guilty of the death of Jesus. Not just Jesus the death of his children's 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 children uncountable more than the sand of the sea so how is satan going to pay that back but what is the value of one eternal son 
it's a bit like if I owned the only Apple in the world, how much is it worth? If I keep that Apple, no one is going to ever eat an Apple again. But if I plant that apple, it grows an apple tree with more apples who grow apple trees. How many apple trees can come from one apple being planted and planted again forever? How many? It's like that. Jesus' children were cut off by the cross. So this is how we can be righteously born again. And this is where the value that's given to our inheritance. Don't you know you've been crucified with Christ? So you are given the right of the payback of the crucifixion, which is our inheritance. It's ours. A free gift. You can't earn this. It's, you know, um, somebody dies, they leave a will. They go to the lawyer to collect, you know, the lawyer sends a letter, come and get your check. You, you go to the lawyer and the lawyer says, you got to earn this. You can't earn it. It's, it's left to you as an inheritance. You know, I ask God, why did you leave? When you hang around, everyone would have believed in you. You know, we'd have a 2,000-year-old Jesus right now running around the world. No, it's not about that. He left because if you die, you can give an inheritance. And because he loves us, he's given us an inheritance by leaving the earth. That inheritance become valuable, wasn't void, became valuable. So he's left the place he died for so our inheritance can come to us. Now, if you want to go and earn, <laughs> you can't earn, you can't own anything. Why am I, you know, I shouldn't make a statement like that, but I believe it. There is no ownership anywhere in the world of anything. What do you mean? Yeah, you have an inheritance. It's to be shared equally with the brothers and sisters. But I realize this. Ownership is simply merely the use of. If you come and see me and I give you a cup of coffee, while you're using that cup, it's yours. You might put that cup down and I have to wash it. It's got to go in the washing up. It's mine again. But when I die, did that cup disappear with me? No. It stays here. Now, I have an opportunity shop. You know, the other day we got a whole lot of stuff in donated because the person died and here I see the progression procession of the person's goods in plastic bags <laughs> stuff that the, the person worked their life for and loved and and all their beautiful sources and cups and little statues and knickknacks that they'd accumulated discarded down to the opportunity shop, the Goodwill store. They didn't take it with them. The Bible warns about getting hung up, trying to own everything. And um, 
we are not of this world, aren't we? We are in the world. We live here. But we're not of this world. If we're not of this world, how do we expect to own anything in this world? We've been merely given the use of stuff. And what I believe is the best use of stuff is to share it. Love someone with it. You know, if you've got a spare room, you know, let someone stay for a little while. Help them get them on their feet. If you've got some food, share it. Like the Good Samaritan. Let's have a look here at a passage in uh, the Old Testament. Uh, in Micah. Now, in Micah chapter 5, God is really telling the gospel here that Jesus would be cut off and um, he'd come back. By verse 15, I will execute vengeance and anger and fury upon the heathen, such as they have not heard. Mm, that hasn't happened yet, but it's coming. Here we have in verse in chapter 6, verse 7, Will the Lord, Yahweh, the existing one, be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown thee, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord, Yahweh, the existing one, require of thee? What is that? What does God want from us? But to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. That's all. That's all. Realising that our Father in Heaven has saved us. Oh, we came to Jesus. No, we didn't come to Jesus. We didn't come. He drew us. There's a difference. It's not up to you to come and get saved unless you're drawn, come and get saved. You know, that that can produce some sort of result like this, that a, that a person is so thankful because they couldn't have got saved without the Father coming and getting them. You know, I realised this one day that I didn't get saved. God came and got me. He smiled at me and came and got me. And he didn't have to. He didn't have to do that. I was on the way to hell like everyone else. And he came and got me. So what does he expect from us? He came and got us. So we we should do justly and love mercy and walk humbly. Yeah. We should do that out of thankfulness. Not to get any more points because God has given us all things. You know that? You're not your own. You're bought with a price. 
how can you have anything if you're not your, even your own? <laughs> how can you own anything? So the message is, is not to be entangled in the things of this world. Because it's passing away. Yes. So money is you really just a place to park wealth. Like for instance, if I if I do up a product and then sell it, say I put together an electric bike, it might cost me eight hundred dollars and I'll sell it for twelve hundred. When did I make the wealth? When I sold it or when I made it? See, when the when the bike was put together, it was worth 1200 now. So the value was already made. And when I sold it and transferred it into money, I merely transferred the wealth of the bike to be held by money now and not the bike itself. So I didn't make money when I sold. I made wealth when I created the bike. If if one wants to get wealth or accumulate a bit of wealth, which is fine, God says you can, I believe that because he's given wealth to everyone. Then... Look at look at the value. Don't look at the money. My advice, for what it's worth. Um, look at the wealth. Don't look at the money. And the thing with wealth is it can change without changing of the item. You know, I, I had a $3 million unit that the bank made me sell. And I got one and a half back for two million back from something. What happened to that other million that was lost? The unit is still there. But the million went puff up in smoke. It wasn't tangible. I, I thought to myself, where did that million go? It's just gone into the atmosphere. It's not, a, not there. I bought it for three, sold it for two. I lost a million. Wow. So the money or the wealth can vary according to our opinion, our assumption, our perception. What is worth something to one is not worth the same to another, not necessarily, you know. We've done importing. I know Shannon bought in stuff. He bought it cheap and then packaged it and sold it for more. There was a change in value. So this is just something to look at. And the, why I'm talking about this is is really with the pursuit of bringing peace and calmness and and a satisfaction about one's life. If, if that mean that I lost went the other way, I bought it for two and sold it for three, that million would have appeared again. And it can quite as easily do that. Depends on the situation, the circumstances and the opinion of the buyer. 
So the value can change, not necessarily the product changing. It changes by many means, and it's worth a study to think about how does value change. We are saved by the value of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's what you know. I was going to do a talk on Christmas on um, the value of baby Jesus' blood. <laughs> how much is it worth? There was no other blood on earth free of the curse of sin and death. Wow. It's like a beautiful baby, sinless baby, without the curse of death. And there's only one, the only one. And it says the last man, there's never going to be another one. The mold's gone. It's never going to be another one. No other one. And the beautiful thing is, is that that baby could be a dad, could have had children. If you think about what would happen if, if there was a son of Jesus born naturally, you know why wasn't one wasn't born? If Jesus, I believe, had have had a natural son, we couldn't be born again. Because the blessing, the inheritance would have went to his natural son. So Jesus decided not to be married, not to have a baby, and to die fatherless and grandfatherless and so on and so on because of us. It's like he chose to own nothing. Why, why didn't Jesus own a house? You know, can we go to the house that Jesus owned? No. He said he didn't have one. Foxes have holes, etc. I've got no place to lay my head. He didn't have a house. Why? It would have been an estate. It would have been something to leave. But he was cut off from owning a house, stripped of everything, even his clothes, dying naked with nothing. Scripture backs it up. Even though he was rich, rich by having the blessing of Abraham, having no curse of death, eternal life, he chose to become poor as everything was stolen from him, just like unrighteously. Everything must be paid back to him because of righteousness, the right thing. So our, what we call salvation, comes as a righteous payback. Wow. The mechanics of this, the righteousness of this. And this is why you can be saved by receiving it but should someone not receive it, they remain condemned. And the power to receive it is given to us by God who loves us. Wow. Wow. Some says somewhere in First Corinthians 3, 1, 3 or something, that somewhere there, that God has given us all things. 
you know what all things is? The estate of the only begotten son. You know, if Rockefeller's son received his estate, wow. But Jesus took all of that too because the bankruptcy was the whole of creation and he's left it to us. The meek have inherited the earth. Wow. Wow. Do we realize this? And see, when you know that you've been given all things, with me, it, it brought a, a piece about sharing. Putting my hand around someone and say, here, brother, here's a couple of bucks. Don't worry. Don't worry, man. You see, people go into all sorts of sin because they don't believe that the Creator loves them. Jesus said, look at the birds of the air, didn't he? When he's talking about getting stuff. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow. They don't sow. Yet, where's your faith? God feeds them. Where's your faith? Hey, Where's your faith that God is looking after you? You don't necessarily have to sow, even though God's used that to sow his son, to reap for us eternal life. Wow. We, we, we don't have to sow. See, there's a thing here when we don't walk properly in the love of God, says here in Micah chapter 6, chapter 15, Thou shalt sow, but thou shalt not reap. Thou shalt tread olives, but thou shalt not anoint thee with oil. That's the power. And sweet wine, but thou shalt not drink wine. So basically you won't get your inheritance if you want to be nasty. You want to be nasty? God's not mocked. So, to be nice is to walk in the spirit, I believe. And it's a choice. A lot of times here I'll go, I don't want to be nice to this person. I know they're just abusing me. But we just be nice. We don't feed the lion. You know, the Bible says that the lion perishes through lack of prey. And its cubs scatter. What does that mean? That means don't feed the lion. That's why Jesus said, turn the other cheek. Hmm. We talked last week about how forgiveness happened to the foolish guy. To David, he didn't do vengeance on the foolish guy. And the foolish guy got smothered by God. Hmm. There's another place, another place where Moses was dealing with Pharaoh. Pharaoh said, forgive me this one time. And Moses did, and he prayed, and, and the grasshoppers, the locusts, went into the sea. You know, um, locusts, grasshoppers are a type and shadow of the devourer the demons, 
that they went into the sea. Yet God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Pharaoh could not stand in the forgiveness he even wanted because God knew he wasn't sincere. If we try and fake it without sincerity, God knows the thoughts and intents of all our hearts. Yep, he knows before you even pray what you want to pray for. So he knows if you're thinking evil in your heart, he already knows. <laughs> yeah, man, you can't get away from it. Mm. So I had another guy come to pray. Just a little story at the end here. He, he came to see me. He said, I went and seen the minister down at the Baptist church. And I asked him, can he help me with, I think I've got demons. And the minister said to him, are you born again? And he said, yes. Good so far. The minister then said, well, you can't have a demon. Go away. When I hear that sort of stuff, man, I, I feel I burst into tears. I, I, I absolutely hate that. You know, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Don't you hate the demons? I could say to that minister. In my, what happened to in my name, I'll cast out demons. Whatever we ask for, can't you bother to pray? Why you call yourself a minister and you won't cast out a demon? You know, and the answer for these guys is, can a Christian get sick with a spirit of infirmity? Oh, yeah, they'll accept that. A spirit, Jesus said, this lady, a daughter of Abraham, had a spirit of infirmity bound by Satan. Isn't our call to undo the bindings, set the captives free? The guy's saying he's got demons and he's captive with them. And this minister who stands in front of her pulpit says you can't have a demon go away. This is how the church is going to be overcome, man. The great falling away. It's already happened. They'll accept and hug the people who are deep in homosexuality. They don't hate the evil of it. can love the person, but hate the evil, man. They let those people mingle in the congregation and maybe latch onto a young guy and turn him into a sodomite. What chance have we got? It's up to us believers to know the truth and to walk in the truth and to walk correctly to save the day for some. And uh, I prayed for the guy and he left happy. Didn't manifest, but he left happy. You know, the guy's had a history of mental health and all sorts of problems. It reminds me of the story 
I'll finish in a sec, but it reminds me of the story of the Good Samaritan. Yeah. Who walked past the guy didn't want to look on the other side of the road? The priest and the Levite. There's a scripture. Those that have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof have nothing to do with them. To anybody listening out there that goes to a church that doesn't do deliverance, get out of it, is my advice. I wouldn't be doing you a favour if I didn't say that. One of the things God hates, man. Their hirelings, the ministry of the hireling is they want money, they're under hire. When the wolf comes, the hireling runs and the sheep are scattered. The sign of a hireling is they won't fight the devil. No, a lot say they do, but they don't. When challenged and asked to do it, they don't. So you want to grow spiritually, get out from underneath those that deny the power thereof and you may find that God will anoint you and empower you even more. So praise the Lord and we thank you, God, for everything and thank you for everyone listening today and uh We'll end it there, I suppose. Praise the Lord. Brother Peter, what Praise shall we title this episode for the archive tonight? Maybe money is not what you think. Excellent. <laughs> well, it's a tool. but It's, it's necessary. It's, it's from God. It's a people. tool. And um, nothing it wrong with be. it. It's just when you fall in love with it, right? Amen. And that becomes your, your first God. love. Amen. <laughs> Bad idea. <laughs> Tell me Look about here. it. That's the big mistake I made, man, and God stripped me of the lot. About, well, no, four million. <laughs> That's all. Well, I'll tell you, yeah. circumstances can change, and it can sprout wings and fly away, and then what do we got? We better have yeah. the Lord. Take the treasures in heaven any day, man. We'll yeah. all find out sooner or later. And, you know, where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. So, you know, be careful where you stick your heart, where you stick your treasure. Realizing that Jesus bought everything for us. That's the point. And it's to encourage everyone. The good news to the poor is we're all rich. (laughs) Anything heaven's paid for. Amen to that. Amen. 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 We're all rich. (laughs) Peter, how do people reach you and your ministry and contact you? All right, uh, Peter Whiffen, W-H-I-F-F for Fred, I-N, at Facebook. There's a picture of me as a kid with a shepherd's uniform on. <laughs> I put that there. And I was at Sunday school. And the um, uh, hiskingdomstable.com is the website. There's downloads, booklets, and all that there for free. And um, if you want to Skype me, it's uh, value777skype. V-A-L-U triple seven Skype and I'm happy to pray deliverance for anyone who wants it you got problems I'm happy to talk to anyone don't necessarily have to pray deliverance I'm happy to talk along and encourage anyone that wants to talk to me I'm happy Peter thank you for coming on folks go to hiskingdomstable.com Peter see you next week yeah cool man We'll enjoy the days and um, hope it's helpful for everyone out there. Blessed saints, the precious ones who God has called 
that's pretty special, man. 